morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about real world events in RPGs. Right. Real world events in RPGs. So a lot of people will will get their ideas for their games from real life events. And uh, and that's usually where most people, I think most people get their ideas from things that happen in the world, in the news, or stories from the past that of things that were real. Or, you know, maybe put a little different spin on it. Obviously, like, if you play a, a Weird War II game, it's not going to be quite uh, historical, right? But also, it'll probably be a little bit less uh, controversial <laughs> when you add in werewolves and things like that. Right. So, you, you know, I think uh, lately, uh, the the more, uh, what is it, the more conscious we are of, of our games and, and how they, you know, role-playing games can have a real emotional impact on their, on the players. You know, uh, it's a little different than watching a movie or watching a TV show. And even those shows can elicit an emotional response, right? You know, some shows can be really emotional and, and get you all teary-eyed and stuff like that. You know, the scene, the death scene of Boromir always gets me a little bit, uh, I get a little dust in my eye. It always eye. makes me cry. <laughs> a little dust in my eye, you know. So obviously, uh, that kind of media will well, give you an emotional response. Well, we just I just finished watching Picard the first season and oh, yeah. the last episode I told Saul it broke my heart and put it all back together again. <laughs> it was a it was really hard to watch. Some game masters, GMs out there are are conscious of the fact that you don't want to hurt other people's feelings or make them upset or, you know, bring un unwanted reactions at the table. You know, real life events can do that, right? I I think you know, if you, you if you set your game in World War Two, World War One, even now Vietnam, and I've done both. You know, you should in my be careful games. with Vietnam though, because some of the you don't know who is a vet. Yeah, a lot of my games I just use it as a backdrop, right? I don't use an actual event that happened in Vietnam, right? And I don't, I don't. I make... wouldn't use a jungle scene fighting and anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but. But even closer events like 9-11, you know, me and Jolene have talked about this. and I say it's taboo. <laughs> <laughs> 9-11 or like, let's say Katrina, natural disaster. And the only reason I would think is that you don't wouldn't want to use those events. There's one, it, people are st- obviously still alive that, so, that went through that. Uh, and even if, and you might actually be at a, you know, a gaming table where they know somebody who, who died in that event, right? And, it, and then that, you know, makes... The point of playing a role-playing game for me, which is to have fun, it makes it not fun, right? It kind of sucks all the fun out of the table. Yes. And you don't want that to happen, I don't think. So I think it's pretty important that, that we are conscious of the fact of the things that we, of the settings and stuff that we put in our game. And, you know, and this comes from, you know, I've been reading, you know, I, I'm on fa- you know, Facebook and all kinds of other social media. And this propped up and, you know, and there's always a interesting reaction to it. You know, some people say, well, it's not that important. It's not a big deal. But I think it, it might be a big deal. Well, there's two reasons, right? What, there's two halves to this story is the is if you you mainly play with the same people over and over again, right? That you've been playing since, like if I've been playing with the same, which actually is happening online, I'm playing with these people that I've played with since junior high, yeah. some of them, and then definitely later in high school. And I've known them over 30 years, right? You know, so I sort of know their history. I sort of know their past. Now, I don't know everything that's happened in their in their lives, of course. And, and anytime they tell them anything, you sound surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that happens at work all the time. People go, why are you always so surprised when I tell you something? It's funny. Uh, yeah, so that is a personality trait of mine. <laughs> but but you don't know. You may not know everything that's happened in their lives. You know, I, I remember. You know, I just you just don't know. You don't know if that you just. Of your, even and those if, are people you've been playing with your whole yeah, life. Yeah, your whole life. So I understand when people say, "Well, you know, I don't think I need uh, you know, to worry about that stuff because I know my friends." Or, or which I, is probably true. Which for is probably your true group. for your group. You know what you what people can handle, what people can't, or you learn as you go what to do and not to do and right. what to what subjects to touch and not to touch but mo most likely i think what happens is is that you know for those few people that only play with their friends that they've always played with there's always there's also other players that play with people in different groups and they rotate and they find a group and they play with them for six months and after that campaign or whatever game is over they'll they'll play with another group of people and, and maybe it might be a mix of of same players or different players but you're always finding new games and different players and different games and you if know. you go to conventions you're running games for people that oh definitely you have no idea who they are most right. of the time i mean i'm i'm usually now that i've i've been going to conventions for a long time i'll get most of the time like half the people who play my game are people i've known for a long time but but there's sometimes like was it a couple of years ago at the dungeon con I ran a Tales of the Loop game and I didn't know a single person. And I don't even remember ever, you know, like some people you recognize and, you know, oh, yeah, you, you see them you know, in the hallway and you recognize them and you know they've been going to conventions for a long time. You may not even know their name, but most of these guys are, and ladies. Yeah, uh, never even run into. Right. I didn't recognize at all. So now I do. I see them in the hallway. I go, hey, and I wave at them and they, go, you know, they wave back to me. So that's pretty cool. So you're so in con games, you're always going to run into new players, and you never know what their game is, or what their history is. So my suggestion is, if you're going to use any kind of real life event, that you change it so much that nobody's going to know what the event is, and you also talk about it before you start playing the game to make sure that you know this game is about uh about such and such, right. And you don't, I would not mention the real life event that you based it on or anything like that. I would right. just say, you know, if you're uncomfortable in any way, please don't play. So in con games, you're right. I think you, you, we've talked about playing with different people, new people, strangers. And, and as innocuous as some things that you put in your game, it might trigger something that a memory of somebody or a feeling that, you know, an event that they, they had in their past. And like I said, we're here to, I, I play role-playing games to have fun. And a lot of people are like me, I think, you know, for me and for a lot of people, escapism is a big word, is a big reason why we play games. We want to escape. I don't want to say the drudgery of real life, but I don't, you know, I'm a grocery work clerk, right? I don't want to play a game where I play grocery clerk, okay? Unless it's, you know, like Saul, the magnificent grocery clerk, and he's actually a superhero and just, you know, that's his alter ego. But unless it's a game like that, I don't want to be playing 3 a.m. To, to noon, you know, person going to work, punching the time card and doing mundane things. I mean, that does not sound fun. No, he wants to play a, a gnome called <laughs> Ch Chatterwick who doesn't like plans. <laughs> doesn't like plans, right. So I think most people play role-playing games to, for escapism, you know, or, you know, to tell a story, you know, to sh tell a shared story. And that's pretty cool. So when you're when you look at it that way, you know, you don't want to hurt people's feelings and you don't want to upset people. So when you use a real life event, just like Jolene said, it's probably best to base your idea or your game or your adventure 
on an event that happened, but change it up so it's indistinguishable from from the original. You don't even recognize it. You know, uh, not indistinguishable, but unrecognizable from that event. You know, I think somebody uh, we're we're watching some video and he talked about using the Ebola crisis in Africa as a and a disease for a game, but he didn't call it Ebola, and he didn't. They have the same characteristics, but it was, you know, it was it was based on that. And you know, even now, you know, we are now in the age of COVID nineteen. And would you want to use a pandemic in your game right now? No. As a backdrop. Now, I think some people might. But let's say you have somebody in your game and they just lost their grandfather, their grandmother, or their parent to this disease, to this virus. Probably don't want to run that game with them, you know, if, if that's even, I mean, you, you should probably know those people you know, better than, oh, you would know that if their grandparent or somebody, then you passed away. But if you didn't and you did run this game, then, you know, I think it would be not a very good experience anyone at that point you know if they find out oh you know what this is really bothering me because you know i just lost a parent to this disease i don't think it's funny i don't think it's i don't think it's something that we should use for entertainment so i think that if you're conscious of that and you realize that that kind of stuff can happen i think you would decide not to run with real life events you probably don't want to do real time events either (laughs) when everybody's in right what do you want to call it Shelter in place. Uh, we're sheltered in place. I call it shelter. lockdown because it feels like <laughs> prison sometimes. <laughs> it's definitely not lockdown. I know. But but yeah. So so other things that you know, even professional writers, right? Even professional writers of books and supplements. You know, there's a couple of years ago, uh, there was a. I'm going to butcher it because I don't really know too much about uh, vampire. But there was a caramella. It's a source book for a certain kind of vampire clan. I know that much. And it and it talked about uh, in the game there was a plot point plot point campaign about or a, a a series of adventures that dealt with the persecution of in Chechnya of LGBT people right and in that instead of the real evil that is being of, of, that is being persecuted against real people they said it was a vampire plot and they were using the media to to disguise their plot. And stuff like that, and so it really drew a lot of criticism, and and there was a lot of people who, there was a few people who complained. Well, that people are being overly sensitive, but I think those people were luckily were in the minority. I mean, the way it worked was that the people working on a book were like a, a studio, and what happened was the people who owned that studio, you know, once once it became known that what they were doing, they came in and. They stopped production on that book. They took out everything, all these references to that situation. I think uh, quite a few people got fired. And they they basically took over the writing and the editing of that book, or at least the editing. And they apologized because, says, because they said that part of their job was to make sure that any product that comes out under their, basically under their brand, should have been more, they should have been more cognizant and more, more active in the editing process. And they weren't. And so they apologized for that, and they took it over. And I think they did a. They did the right thing. They did the right thing in that sense. And sure, there was some people who were upset. That, well, that's just gonna, you know, uh, delay my game or delay my source book that I bought, and and or this and that. And I don't Deal know. Deal with it, to, people. I don't know what to say about those. That's people. ridiculous that they would even put that in there. The idea that that's a real life event that right should not be used in any way other than to say that it's wrong. Right. 
And so that's really, you know, you know, that's really telling of of how people can be, you know, so caught up in their own idea of their game and not take in consideration of the consequences of what you're writing. And always, you know, Jolene, my wife, you know, she, she we have a 16-year-old son and sometimes he says things are like uh no and she always says, you know, before it comes out of your mouth, say it in your head first and then decide if that's a good thing to say you know and and sure teenagers you know young people may not have that filter may not have that that you know maybe this what are you be talking good... about adults don't have that filter <laughs> <laughs> but it's more prevalent i would think it's more prevalent in teenagers you know people with less life experience and less you know teenagers you know they're so self-centered you know you know they, they don't really care too much about they don't take into consequence uh, consideration. consideration consequences of their actions because they don't worry about dying. They don't worry about getting hurt. That's why, why people who are young get a lot of tickets, speeding tickets, reckless driving tickets. I'm not saying older people like me don't get them. I've never gotten a speeding ticket, by the way. But it's less prevalent. And that's why people, you know, that's why the, number, the numbers don't lie, right? That's why insurance rates are so expensive for teenagers. If you have a teenager and they start driving and you see that insurance bill just jump up like massively, then you know why is because statistically they they do a lot more ridiculous things in their car. This is true. I think everyone should use that filter though. You know, if you're going to say something, especially in a group of people you don't know, even a group of people you do know, say it in your head first to see how it actually sounds before you say it out loud. I, I do that myself. Uh, it's something that I do a lot because I am very sarcastic. And, and <laughs> No, you? Yeah. So I try to not offend people as much as possible. Sometimes it's hard because people will say stuff and I think something in my head and I know I better not say it out loud because it's just my reaction, right, to, yes. to things. I do know people who just say it, say it, whatever they think. Off the top of their head. Yes. So that, that particular example, I would just like to say that you should definitely be cognizant of who you're playing with and you should also be cognizant of what is right and what is wrong and dealing with the LGBT communities and ideas about them in using a real life event like that is totally wrong you should know that already and if you do use something like that then somebody needs to tell you that you're wrong well, and you need to think about it well i think that's what happened in that particular instance is that you know there's a whole team working on on that book or that source book and you know and they, they just weren't you know, well, somebody might not have actually known what they were writing about, but still, if you're an editor, you should be able to to figure that out, right? Because yeah, you should know the sources that your people are using, right? Or you should be able to to look it up. Most most editors do stuff like that. So yeah, one of the things that I was comparing this to is is the idea of that that term too soon, right? A lot of people make that make that joke. You know, like they'll make a joke about a dead uh, celebrity that just died. And somebody go, oh, and then the, the person who said the bad joke would was say, was that too soon? Was that too soon? Was it too soon now? And, you know, some people wait an appropriate amount of time, you know, you know, but, you know, but some people don't. And so you don't want to be that person that doesn't wait an appropriate amount of time. And some things may not ever be appropriate, you know, sending a, sending a game in 9-11, sending the game in, in Katrina. You know, if, if I was, if I, if I was running a game in New Orleans, I probably would not ever set anything during Katrina, unless unless it was like a heroic thing that, that people were, heroic thing that people were doing and shows how, you know, whatever. I mean, you would change the place. You wouldn't run a, anything with a hurricane 
in New, New Orleans. Orleans. Well, I mean, I was just saying, if you if you did and you treated it with respect and it was sensitivity in the sense that, you know, you're showing uh, strains versus Adversary. adversity. Adversity. Yes. Adversity. There you go. <laughs> or in that sense, right? That's why we get certain movies about certain events and they touch us and they show us the good things about it, right? And and it's okay. But but if if you make make a movie that belittles that those events or that makes fun of those events, you know, that is not cool and probably would never be made unless it's made in somebody's backyard or something. So the, that's what I'm saying is that I think we're, that's what we are trying to say is that we're trying to treat every event, especially a real life event, with respect. Of course, the alternative to that is to change it up, use it as a backdrop for your own game, uh, but change the everything, you know, so it's so unrecognizable. And then, you know, you can do anything you want. A lot of times I've, I'll use like things that happen uh, in ancient times or something like that and just apply them in real life or not real life, but like in a modern game, you know, like something, something that happened, uh, like a mystery or something like that. And, but even then it could get, it could get, or something, or I come up with something out of the top of my head. You know, I talked about the tales of the loop game. I said it in Monterey because that's where I'm from, Monterey County. And, and I never thought about it. And I was, and I put, you know, events happen, you know, and those was once I've talked about it before. There were, I put a scene where people where teenagers had drowned on this specific beach and and one of my players who like i said did, i didn't know he said you know after the i said this you know the as the scene was ending he goes yeah i, I go you okay he goes and he said yeah I, I knew when i was a kid two of my friends died by drowning on that beach now there's absolutely no way i could have known that right there's no way and to me it was just a a simple not a simple but it was part of the plot right it, it was part of the investigation and and stuff like that and that to me convinced me to start using the X card because I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have continued. I never, I didn't continue that scene. And he, he came up, he told me that after the scene was over. So there was literally nothing I could do. But if I had an X card, he might have touched it and, or he might not have. He said it was, he was okay. And we went on playing. So, you know, even a simple, not a simple, but even a, a unconscious decision to put an event happen at a, at a real life location could have consequences. And and though he said he was okay, you know, to me, I know I think if I had two friends of mine who died when I was a kid, that would definitely be traumatic, right? If, if especially if I was there and here it is and you know, I'm I'm using this in a game where we're supposed to have fun. And you know, and I and I you know, I touched on a on a memory of his that wasn't fun. It wasn't, you know, entertaining and I felt bad. And there's no way around it. Now I don't think I could have done anything about it, but if if the scenes had started and he would have touched the X card, if I had it there, then we would have avoided that scene and, and then just kept going. Like, you know, you know what happens. Boom. Let's keep going. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm a better GM for that. Right. Cause now I'm cognizant of, of even things that I may think are totally like not even that bad of a deal or that, that emotional. And, and now I know that they could be simply because I put it in a real place in, in the world. Well, I was just thinking that that's in the current the game that we just played the other night with uh, with Jim and our friends. Oh yeah, he had one of the things that he has on there is clown masks, <laughs> and so I had no problem killing the things because I hate clowns. I don't like clowns in any form, size, shape, anything. And Saul knows this, and but Jim obviously didn't. But it was hilarious to me because when I saw the the clown I was, faces, it was I was terrible. like. 
okay i'm all oh my god i hate clowns and then I, but it did it wasn't traumatic for me in any way it was just when it came time to kill them i had no problem cutting <laughs> off the clown's head so even though it wasn't really a clown but you know what i mean that was really weird but I- but Saul knows that yes. they freak me out, and not only clowns, but mimes also. And we've been at places where they and they're attracted to me and want to come up and talk to me, uh, or mime at me, and I'm interact like, with you. Come on, just get the hell away from me. <laughs> that was really weird because I didn't know that you know I I don't I didn't know that was gonna happen. And so he goes, so we go, what do these guys look like? So he, you know he has his picture and he posts his picture, and they're like grotesque, grotesque clowns right you know because they're like they're just there's clowns you know and they're kind of grotesque in any, anyway but these were like disgustingly grotesque clowns and so they were very disturbing looking even no matter what even if you don't like clowns even if you like clowns a lot of people but that's a that's a thing now clowns are a thing right <laughs> like, me, dolls? like dolls yeah, doll, yeah clowns dolls things like that i don't like yeah it what wasn't it? traumatic they're for right. me because it even though when I looked up, I saw the picture. Yeah. I had seen it before earlier in the game, oh. so I knew that there were going to be clowns. But it, the first, and it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing. But everybody laughed, like Saul and Felipe and Augustine. They know that I can't stand clowns. So it was perfectly fine to eliminate them. Like, yeah, I had no way. problem. See, so <laughs> things like that. There's things that. But if someone's really scared of clowns, like. I, I usually don't freeze up when I see clowns, but no. I get a, a, a icky feeling like, oh, I don't like that. Well, like it's like my, uh, you know, I'm gonna use my my sister-in-law. She is deathly afraid of cats, right? Because when she was little, where she lived, her there were all kinds of cats, and they were like feral cats. Oh, and because she told us the story, I must have forgotten. And her and they would like try to come into the house to get the food, and um, her grandmother or would would like beat them and try to get them away so okay. she has this fear of cats ah. so that so so well, she's she seriously yeah yeah so no, she's so, seriously has- no, so she's seriously phobic you know she when when uh, and my mom used to have cats and you know, my sister has cats and so if she even sees a cat it's like oh they're so disgusting and it's like it's real right and she's not faking. she's not making it up she's not making it up and it's like and it's, it's super not cool you know to to i wouldn't like come up oh look at the pretty cat you know and shove it in her face there's no possible way i would ever do that and so why would i have a game it with somebody have a phobia you know of cats you know but you never know what people's phobias are right right? so because jim didn't know he's you know he's a friend for a long time but he hasn't you know he's never been around me when when and we uh, when would that come up i don't like clowns so i thought it was i thought it was ironic because it wasn't hard for me to to take the clown's head off with my katana but um <laughs> but it was a game right so you just gotta you don't know what people what things you know how people are going to react to stuff another i guess another thing that I, that I would warn is if you play in an area like let's say i i live in san jose you know the san francisco bay area and I grew up in Monterey, which is a county just south of us. And so when I run my games, my modern games, and like like Tales from the Loop, I put the loop in Monterey. Uh, a, a Dresden, Dresden game, I run it in, I call it Monterey Dresden. And I base it in Cannery Row. And of course, you know, Dresden Files, it's, it's sometimes it's a mystery. People die left here and there. And and so so I think if, if you're going to, you know, just like the, the Tales of the Loop game that, that I use that element of, of 
two teenagers drowning on a specific beach, you know, always be aware that if you're saying a game in a local area that everybody that you play with comes from or may come from, you know, be careful about certain things like that, you know. And, you know, of course, you know, I'm talking about... And you can never know, though. So you have to, like... That's why they tell you to... Although, I don't think you would have said anything about that because that was part of the story. It wasn't... You wouldn't have said if anybody has any fears of drowning or any... uh, or. I might have... You know, you could do that, you know. uh, know, Then it would kind of take... The mystery out of it? Yeah. I don't know. It would be weird. So you you don't know what... what... Well, there's there's that questionnaire that Multi Cook Games put out uh what's it called consent in gaming and on the back sheet it, on the back page it has things you don't want to experience right you know, violence against animals violence against children clowns you know and then they have space that you can write in for your own problems well that would be a good idea if you don't know the people at the table to pass it out yeah and then you when you got and it, it doesn't matter you, and you, don't even put, and... you don't even put your name on it you right. just look through it and you go okay you know and if you have like you know drowning you know you would write that down or electrocution for whatever yeah. reason you know, you don't know what people have gone through. I think is the point, and so I think that's that's pretty heavy duty, though. I mean, that that's a, a form they fill out, and you have to look at it as a GM, and then you gotta, you know, you might have to change up your game. And some some GMs are not very good at running on the fly. Yes, or changing things, you know, all all of a sudden, or or you could just say, you know, I don't, somebody mentioned that they don't they don't want to deal with this scene, this kind of scene. So I'll just tell you what happened. You know, a real quick thing what happened instead of any details about stuff instead right. of role playing to sit the, yeah. that situation i think anytime you run in your game in a local situation especially if it's like you know there's death or there's some sort of bad things going on be aware that people live in that area and they may come up, they may have a problem with a certain situation that you're putting out on the table i never thought about using that consent form but i just think that would that would definitely eliminate a lot of problems in con game especially the cons that we go to well the ones we were going to, <laughs> it drew a lot of people from the local area. Of course, some of the bigger ones drop people from All farther away, right? You know, Seattle, L.A., I'll call across the United States. But the smaller local conventions, you know, you're dealing with local people and they've come from all kinds of different places. You know, you don't know where they're coming from. So just like that guy who, you know, he he lived in San Jose, but would often go to, to Monterey to the beach and, and do and, you know, have fun. You know, I came up with that. I came across that situation where I put an event exactly where one of his, you know, bad memories came from. So, so and that was just pure luck, you know. Well, and it, he said he was okay with it. Right. He told you, but it obviously brought the memory back, but right. he was okay. Yes. So, but you, if you would have known, you would have, and you didn't talk about it after that at all. No. You just, you just I, okay. moved on to yes, a different, different scene and made sure. No, I didn't need it. I think it was well more traumatic. It might have been more traumatic for you than for him. <laughs> well, yeah. But it could have been very traumatic for him. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been. It could have been his brother. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it could have been a family yeah. member. Then it would have been a little bit, you know, a little bit worse, I think. And it's different when it comes to like things like clowns and stuff because. Those of us who don't like them can handle seeing them, right? But maybe somebody can't. I, I don't know. Yeah, but, somebody might have but, the phobia like yeah, my sister Yeah, like, like cats. I thought it was, it just added to the game because these, we were playing Shadowrun and it was, it was a bunch of orc gangsters. So it wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a big stretch that, that, you know, to distinguish them and stuff. So it was, I thought it was pretty funny 
because then it, it made it it's easy. Like, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. I didn't need any motivation because it was a clown face. <laughs> I didn't have a problem. You can't so, have no problem. So, but uh, you don't know how people are going to react, right? Right. So, but so I thought that was just an example for us. It was just hilarious. To I totally me. forgot about that. And we just did that. We just played that uh, uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And it was Close. great because because Jim is very visual. He's an artist, right? So so he distinguished the he dis, in in his and it's hard. You're playing online, right? So you got to give visual pictures, or you want it's hard to get people into the thing, into right. the you want to get people into the setting with visuals, right? It so helps. he had one of the groups, the one of the gang groups was in like sports. Oh, uh, yes. some kind of they were like in the sports outfits yeah. like uh, and then fans. these other ones to distinguish them as a different gang they were in clown masks and yes. they're like you know it's shadow runs so they're masks that are in front of their faces and they could actually they were holograms i think they yeah, were hol- right? yeah it was very interesting and and i thought it was a great idea because it's hard to distinguish them but since i'm like okay i don't mind killing the clowns because <laughs> you know they're clowns they deserve to die they deserve yeah. to die so yeah. for you, it was like it actually helped you not like them, yeah, you know? yeah. And and that's what he was going for. He was going for for these guys are scumbags, right? Yeah. And you know, and they're doing something wrong anyway, right? You know, in well, the game, it's shadow run. Everybody's <laughs> doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, look at us with goody tissues. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I think what we could take away from this this episode is be sensitive to ideas that you have and how they may impact other people. Make sure that if you're going to do anything at a real life event that you make sure that it is the right time to use it or switch it up so much that people don't Recognize associate it. it with that event. Be very careful with stuff like that. Cause, yeah. And if you're going to do something set in the war, World War Two, World War One is probably better than anything more recent. Post-apocalyptic games, though, have a lot of like afghanistan and stuff like that in it so you should really be really careful with that's who true. you're playing with i did i did use that i used, did use that as a backdrop for my game and so i never even thought about you know war veterans from that yeah from that war from the afghan war yeah. from iraq war which yeah. that uh, took place but i wasn't playing like nitty-gritty no. type stuff so no. be respectful of the event right especially if you're using a real world uh event event Change the names, change the places. I would do that. Change the, the ver- yeah. change the city. Don't do anything about COVID nineteen right now because people might not like that. <laughs> yes, exactly. There so you go. It'll be good. Good luck if you're going to well, use a real life event. Be careful. Yes. Remember, wash your hands and don't touch your face. Right. <laughs> this is gaming perspectives with Saul and Jolene. Have a good day. Have a good day. <laughs>